Hi everyone, Kevin McDonald here and welcome to today's Property Success Stories. Um, I've got someone who you're going to absolutely love today, Curtis Napton. He started in property not so long ago and he's doing really, really great stuff. And he's come on today to share with you about his journey and how maybe it can inspire you and help you to get started in property or maybe scale in property. So, hi Curtis, thank you for joining us. Oh, Kevin, appreciate you being here, mate. So, um, Curtis, for anyone who doesn't know you, doesn't never maybe met you before, um, can you tell us a little bit about what you were doing before you got into property? So, I guess what was life like? What were you working at? What were you up to? Yeah, sure. So, started life fairly humble. Um, always knew I wanted to be in construction. Um, I come from a long line of chippies, and uh, I was the odd one out that decided to become a bricklayer. But that's it's still in me. I, I do a lot of woodwork and stuff. So, done the apprenticeship went to college, that sort of scenario. Fairly fairly typical outside of work, uh, hanging out with mates, chasing girls, that sort of thing, as a young person does. Um, but I spent about four years really learning my trades, really really honing in my skills and, and, and you know, jack of all trades, that sort of thing. But I really honed in on, on the sort of the brickwork, the, the woodwork, the groundworks, and was building a lot of houses and extensions for other people. And um, it, it done me really well for a long time. So um, just on that, Curtis, so a lot of people that be watching this will say to you, um, oh, it's okay for him. He was in construction. He knew how to do property. But is there a big difference between building a house for someone else yeah. and building a property business for yourself? 100%. I mean, it, it helps a lot. Don't get me wrong, because uh, I have a lot of friends that are in the trade and, and that sort of, you know, transferable skills and all that stuff but that's it's 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 only part of the battle you know like most businesses this is a this is a people's game isn't it and it's um as rob and, and you guys would say your your network is your net worth and uh, it's all about having other people around you that know the stuff that you don't know but also being humble enough to know that you don't know what you don't know as well so what i did was i, I just sought out the, the stuff that i didn't know i got really really um brutally honest to myself I, I didn't know about the funding i didn't know about uh securing a property i didn't know about all this all the great stuff that they don't teach at school so i, I sought out education for you guys through mentorship through coaching uh i read every book that was out there every, every webinar seminar i just went all in and, and just completely submerged myself in it yeah um one of the a lot of people when they start down property they will be thinking oh it's, you know that bit of he had that transferable skill but a lot of people don't have that. But actually, in fact, I meet a lot of people like you, Curtis, where the the construction knowledge can sometimes um, hold you back a little bit where you want to be on the tools all the time, working in the business instead of on the business. So I guess, um, do you still get stuck in? Do you still do the the like the, the actual work or are you now trying? Have you found it difficult to get away from the tools and work on the business? Uh, so, yeah, I've gone through a few changes. Um, initially, after getting all hyped up with the books and seminars, I was like, oh, great, I'm off the tools. I don't need to do it anymore. Tried that for a bit. And uh, honestly, it, it didn't work for me. I'm very hands-on. Um, I, I like I like leading people to get the best out of them. And sometimes you have to lead from the front. Sometimes you have to lead from the back. So I tried leading from the back for a long time. Um, but honestly, sometimes there's days on site where you just need to, to muck in. And I really enjoy it. And it, it just, 
even though I'm not always one of the lads, the lads kind of still see me as kind of one of the lads and it, it just helps building that rapport. So when I ask them to do something, it's not I'm doing it for the boss, it's I'm doing it for someone that's next to me that's also getting dirty and, and working hard and it's you just could build up a rapport and people that's how you lead people you, you, you know you can't manage people you manage things but if you want to ask someone to do something it's better when they've known that you've come from where they are if that makes sense yeah so yeah you, very much on the tools every now and then yeah but do you do you think it give that the if somebody let's say somebody has been working in an office job admin position in the city yeah. they've never picked up a I don't know, a, a trowel or a lump hammer, the, the builder's yeah. favorite tool. Um, uh, they've never picked up a, a sledgehammer. No, they've never picked up any tools whatsoever. Yeah. Um, do you think that they are at a disadvantage? Um, do you think they can still do it? If somebody's listening to this thinking, you know what, I've, I've no understanding of construction. I'm not one of the lads. I can't help the team out. I, I, cannot, I wouldn't even know where to get stuck in if I could get stuck in. Um, yeah. Do you think they still have an opportunity in property? 100%. I mean... If you've talked to anybody in the past and built up any sort of relationship with any other human being, you'll be fine because this is a people's game. Yes, I've been in construction and I know how to build a house, but you can easily build rapport with someone that's like myself or anyone that's built a house and, and team up with them. You, you know, all you've got to do is form that relationship with someone. And as soon as you form that relationship with someone that's um, built a house or done what you, you, know, you want to do, well, then you can work together. You don't have to do everything. You know, it goes back to what you said earlier about always being on the tools. Or well, yeah, you could do that, but you know, you'll be constantly working on the in the business, not on the business. And 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 that's where you need to you know work with other people that have skills that you don't. It's about getting the balance, I guess. Now you said something yeah. also very very interesting, Curtis. Is um, you you know, all your life you've been um in thinking you like you know you're interested in construction and stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at you right now, and um, you look like you're twelve. So maybe fourteen. So what age? What age are you? Um, I'm thirty-three. You're thirty-three. Okay, so you're thirty-three, looking twelve. But um, how long? So you start. Have you always worked like from when you left school in construction? Yes. Uh, yes. So from fifteen, sixteen, I've, I've been all the way through. Yeah. All the way through. And then how how long since you've started doing property? Uh, I've been in property about. Um, started the learning process that we talked about earlier, the books, the webinars, progressive courses, um, probably about six years ago, maybe seven, right. like six, six, six okay. to seven. So yeah. getting into, getting, deciding that you're going to build a property business, the, the learning, the coaching, et cetera, about six, yeah. six, 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 seven yeah. years. Yeah. Um, so over that period of time, Obviously, you've done quite well in property, but I don't want to. I'll talk in a, in a while a little bit about the results you're doing, the things you're up to. But let's go back sort of six, seven years. Yeah. You're obviously you're 33 at the moment. You've started. You you started so to say 16, 17 in construction. So yeah. that's like what? That's 10, 13, 16, 17 years ago. So you spend about 10 years on the tools, doing it for other people. What what made you go from you know what I'm doing this for other people? I should be doing it for myself. What was that sort of moment that made you think this is what this is? I need to make a change. Uh, okay, so that's that's very easy. It's uh, my now wife. Um, about ten, eleven years ago, I used to get my hair cut quite regularly, uh, looking good to go out, and uh, you know. But Curtis, Curtis, about thirty years ago, I used to get mine cut as well. <laughs> uh, well, I still got mine, luckily enough. Um, years to come, might look as uh, handsome as yourself with no hair. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
Yeah, I used to give a haircut every every two weeks and, and, and to try and chase the other girlies and all that stuff. But there was this there was this one hairdresser at the particular barbers I went to, and uh, to me she was the most good looking person I've ever seen, and uh, and everyone else thought so. She was always the hot hairdresser that everyone wanted to go out with, but I never had the sort of guts to go and ask her out. And I was that cheeky chappy that eventually did ask her out, and um, I eventually started getting my haircut every week just to try and spend a bit more time with her, but. Um, yeah, she, as far as I'm concerned, she had seen. You were going in. You were you were you were going in for haircuts every day, weren't you? Uh, literally, every, like it, it hadn't even grown. Every week, I was just in there, like, oh, I'll have a haircut, and like, I'd, I'd purposely wait for her. Like, even plenty of other people, it's like that could cut my hair. I was like, oh no, I want to go with her, Kate. She, her name is, and uh, yeah, so that that's how I started to to sort of see her and work my magic, and um, she was the most interesting person I've ever met. I'd, I'd come from a very rural area where not much goes on or just building houses for other people you know things were quite sort of vanilla and uh, she'd been all over the world she worked all over the world owned businesses herself I was like she's incredible so fairly long story cut short um we started going out we got married started having children got two beautiful girls Jasmine and Indigo and uh, everything was great we had a fairly nice house uh, I was into my toys back then like motorbikes and cars and I had some really cool stuff and then suddenly there was this pivotal moment um she about two weeks after her second daughter indigo we found out that she had uh, a brain tumor and uh, the way we found out was, was quite an in- invasive way she started having epilepsy and uh, that's, a, that's a real shit show for anyone that's ever seen that before it's, it's horrible to watch and um so after getting checked out we found it was a tumor and um had to go for that whole rigmarole of 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 getting rid of that and it was that pivotal moment that that really messed us up and it took us to our lowest level, but at your lowest, you can't go any lower. You can only go higher. So what I mean by that is... Are you ready for a revolution? Look no further as Progressive Property is hosting a Property Revolution Summit. Go to bit.ly forward slash PRSPNPOD or click in the link in the descriptions to sign up now. I was trading time for money, like you know most people do, building houses for other people. But when suddenly you got two children, an ill wife, and you can't work anymore, it, it just it just fell apart for us. We lost the house, the toys went. Um, I was taking, I was having more and more time off work, and uh, in the end, we ended up our last sort of few thousand pounds. We bought a caravan on a caravan site, and uh, you know very low overheads there, so we just we just moved in out of the house into this caravan. And just started again, really. And I just thought to myself, how on earth can I still provide for my family, my daughters, my wife, uh, my mum at the time as well? She was very ill and um, and not have to trade time for money. And then I read a book one day called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And just the, just how basic and simple that very is. Just the, you know, assets in, liabilities out. I just thought, this is this is it. And that's when I started really consuming knowledge at a, at a very obsessed rate i was reading every book uh, attending every seminar courses anything like free stuff anything i can get my hands on at the time and and just slowly started working my way through and uh, that was our pivotal moment into into property so um that's got to be like a really really difficult experience um i've no idea what that could have felt like and i hope i i, I don't know um but for many people who are listening in many of our audience they they will have experienced similar to that and um for a lot of people i meet they talk about the 
the sort of the life-changing moment, the pivotal moment. Um, so what was the sort of, you started reading books, you started doing stuff. What was the, the um, sort of then the first sort of property deal that you did the, sort of the, the, to get, first of all, I guess, obviously you said like to get over that. So she's all okay now. Is she, everything's, everything's good. Like, everything's okay now, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so it that, took a long time, but we're okay now. Yeah, thank you. And then, so I, I knew that, but just for the audience, <laughs> yeah, uh, make sure the audience do as well. So yeah, um, but um, moving moving forward from that, you you you, you had your mo- you had this stuff going on. The whole world changes around you. You decide you're going to make a change. Um, obviously, property. I guess many people would say, well, why property? Why not something else? But. I, I, I guess the reason for property um, was that because you were already sort of in it, but doing it for other people, it was an easy transfer. What was your thought? Why, why did you choose property as the asset class over maybe you know stocks and shares or something else? For me, property was more of a sideways movement. Um, I thought I'm building houses for other people. It just made sense that okay, maybe I could build a house for myself or build a house for someone and and do some sort of joint venture with them. Like I, was, I, was, I was very young and naive in, in the property world. I was learning all these different sort of strategies and I was just trying to find my feet as to what works for me. And, and what sort of, there's loads of different property strategies out there from single let, buy to lets, houses in multiple occupations, um, yeah. serviced accommodation, commercial conversions. So what did you start off doing? What was the sort of the first deal? For, for me, I, I partnered up with my uh, now ex-partner, uh, business partner, I mean, um, but he was the, op- at the time it worked, he was the opposite to me. So um, he he puts everybody and everything into a spreadsheet and I just really am, am not that guy. I'm more hands-on and it, it worked at the time. And so uh, we teamed up and um, HMO was the first thing we did. Eight bed, HMO, straight in a deep end. And uh, it was it was great. It was a great first deal um, because we bought it really cheap. It was a it was a big townhouse in um, in a seaside in Phoenix Doe, so like a seaside sort of resorty town, and uh, it was massive, great big Victorian house, easy to split up, lots of natural light, and um, yeah, we bought it for like two three two, and uh, renovated for about seventy, and, and uh, just remortgaged it about four fifty. So great first project. Okay, so, so you bought it for two thirty two. Plus some fees and stuff. I get you. So you're in for two forty. Yeah. You yeah. spend how much on the refurb? About seventy, something like that. Seventy. So, so you're in at say three ten ish, and you yeah. got it revalued at four fifty. Yeah. Yeah. So a hundred and over a hundred grand of of equity added, a hundred and forty odd grand of equity. And yeah, all my, all money out. Right. So that's better than a job, right? Yeah, hundred <laughs> uh, percent. That's when I knew. Like in theory, I. I heard the stories I knew the sort of strategies behind it but until you actually do it and you see the results that's when you get like that light bulb moments like this this stuff works and that was it for me it was like property works for a lot of people at the moment you you see them saying they're worried about a crash in the property market or what if the market goes down and and what they're kind of focused on I feel sometimes is that they're trying to buy a 240 house for 240 where it can do nothing to it um, but what you've actually done is if when you take a property and you make you spend three ten in total and you make it worth four four forty four fifty, even if the market drops from four forty four fifty to four hundred, you're still up ninety grand. You're still yeah. up. So what would you say to anyone who's listening to this thing that sitting at home going, I'd love to get into property, but I'm gonna wait for the the crash. I'm gonna wait for something to happen. Um, what would you say to somebody who's got that sort of thought process? 
I love sayings and analogies, and I think the best one to suit that is the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The second best time is now. Um, I mean, property, when you get into it, the history of it, I think it was a Doomsday's book was the first time they started, you know, doing a, a writing about property. And uh, actually, every 10 years, averagely it doubles. So, yes, it's got highs and lows, but averagely every 10 years, house prices double. And if you, we've got that in your head, well, even if you did buy it a bit too high, which we don't want to do, but even if you did and you just held on to it long enough, it's always going to correct itself. It's always going to work out. It's it's the only asset class where every wealthy person in the world, even if they've got nothing to do with property primarily, they've they're hedged their bits with property. That they'll always have that within their assets. It's just uh, amazing. I love it. Um, awesome. So the, you've got your first HMO. You've got up and running. You've gone. Wow. This is this. I I get it now. This is what I need to do. So. What have we been doing up, up to since? So what, are you still just doing HMOs? Have you done other stuff? Um, what sort of projects are you, are, have, you been, have you done? And, um, and what are you working on at the moment? So since then, uh, we've no more HMOs, but moved on to developments, um, refurbs, like um, flat conversions, that sort of stuff. And uh, just really, really expanding on my already skills. So yes, okay, I come from a construction. So when it came to the refurbishments and the developments, that was my bread and butter. And that's when I really went to work. Um, our, our biggest one, I suppose, uh, today is our, we developed four houses. And at the time, I, I'd seen it. I've been driving past it, one of those ones, driving past it and thinking that needs doing, that needs doing, and nothing was, was happening. And then eventually I went to speak with a vendor, realized that it's been on the market for nearly three years now. So if you know planning, planning usually lapses after about three years. Two people have gone in there and, and spent some money on it and tried to make it work and, and couldn't make it work and, and they've gone. So I, I've managed to stumble across these people at the perfect time. They were, the planning was about to lapse. Other builders had, had tried it and, and, and buggered off, and uh, I, I just, I just thinking outside the box. I just knew I could help in a way. Uh, I didn't know at the time, but I just knew I could. And I sat down and thought about it. And what it was, there was a brook running through the gardens, and it put off these builders. They tried, and it just didn't work. Even though they had plenty for houses to be on on this side of the brook, this this brook still went through the gardens, and and that put it off for them. And for me, I thought, you know what? This is actually what's going to sell these houses. I'm going to make a feature of this. So that was, that was in my head, even when it was a patch of dirt, I knew exactly what these houses were going to look like. I knew what I was going to do to get over the brook and how to make this a feature. So fairly typical uh, semi-detached houses. But then I put a, a, a sub-system driveway in, so basically collects all the water, rainwater on the outside. And then on, on the rear, I put composite decking with arch bridges going over the, over the brook. So now we've turned this, this, what was a deal killer for many, into an actual feature it was it's yeah it's, it's, it turned out really up so we pushed up ceiling prices like there was uh, there's a taylor wimpy site uh, literally just behind it selling hundreds of really nice houses so here was our biggest competitor but yet we were selling houses quicker and for more money than what they were just because i built up the value in in what you get for your money rather than the like, currency you get more value uh, you've touched on a few really, really valuable points for our audience today. Well, one is obviously adding value, which is something we always talk about is the buy, refurbish, rent, refinance and add value. But then also the um, creating lumps of cash through developments. But really key point there is the spotting things that other people don't see and 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 looking at it. It's like that saying of observe the masses do the opposite, spot the thing that others aren't seeing. So um, do, do, do is, has that been... 
something you've always done in terms of looking at stuff? Is there, is there in the types of developments you're looking for? Are you looking for the sort of the the things that other people are overlooking? Or um, is are are a lot of people think? I think what I'm trying to get a lot of people are trying to compete with other people to buy something and they're overpaying. So do you try and stay away from the competition and look for the stuff that everyone's avoiding to try and get that extra edge, that extra angle? Or what, what are you looking for when you're going out? Look, let's say you're looking for your next development tomorrow morning. What are you going looking for? Uh, I don't like competing. I'm very competitive but with myself. And, and, and I like this sort of phrase, um, rather compete, I'd rather dominate. And by dominate is by adding value. And, 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 and that's what I look for. I look for outside the box thinking, how can I increase the value to a point where it's it's an absolute no-brainer of a deal. And that's what I look for. I look for um, different strategies, different exits. Like if I'm going to take something on, I'm not just honing on a one exit just to sell it. I want to know that it works to sell, that it works to rent, that it maybe works to uh, sublet. Let. Like I, just, I need to know that it's got different exits um, and, and building up that value by thinking outside the box. Awesome. So um, another thing people might be listening in and looking at, because I'm, I'm taking it from the audience point of view, I was thinking, Wait a second. He said he was. He said he had to move into a caravan. That he had to let go. That the house. That the, the cars. The, the all the nice stuff. Yet he was still able to get started in property. So, did you create all of this with your own savings, or have how have you funded some of this stuff? Uh, no. Um, in the beginning, it was quite hands on, um, but I was able to to get people to invest in me. So, you know, I can tell a good story. But also, I know what I'm talking about when it comes to construction. So when it comes to funding or asking for money, people believe in what I can do. I can, I can show past stuff. But if for people listening, yeah, okay, you don't always have to start with your own money. You can use other people's money if you know what you're doing. So get educated. That is, in theory, you know what you're doing. Partner with someone that's done it before. They know what they're doing. So combined, you, if you don't have any construction experience, you know what to do from a strategy point of view, teaming up with a construction person, they know what to do from a physical point of view. So together, you are investable. You are a, a, an entity that's worth investing in because you say you can do what you say you're going to do. Absolutely. So what's next? So obviously you've been doing this for a few years. What's next? What sort of, um, what are the next sort of three to five years going to look like for Curtis? Uh, from a, from a, a business point of view, I, I'm definitely changing the way we, we do things. Uh, I've, like I say, I've been in construction for 16, 17 years now, and I don't like it as a truthful answer. I don't like the waste. I don't like um, how unproductive it is and, and, and uh, how expensive it can be and, and all that stuff. I, I like sustainability. I, I know that's where we're going to end up. I know that's where we're going. And over the past few years, I've been trying to introduce little sustainable features into stuff. So I briefly touched on it earlier about um, a subsystem driveway what it does is it collects rainwater in your driveway and whisks it off to, to an area. And you can collect that water and, and use it as something called grey water. So you can recycle it and use it in parts of the house, like the toilet, stuff that you don't drink. Um, in, introducing EV points, so, you know, uh, electric vehicle points, uh, upgrading the in insulation, the, the windows, things like that. Basically, I want to get away from traditional build and move more towards the, the modular and, and, and um, tip panel sort of system. And I, I do believe that's where we're going. I think we're a little bit ahead, but I really want to be in that space. So when it is like the social norm, I'll be one of the guys that you go to to, to look to get something like this done. Awesome. So um, 
What a, hobbies wise? I mean, property. You've obviously got your your wife, your two kids. You, yeah. I know time. You, you'll have learned, I guess, as you were talking about what happened to your wife. I was thinking to myself about my wife, and I've got two kids of making sure I spend more time with them because you never yeah. know what happens. So I guess you've got to, you, you you have you've learned that the the hard way about spending time with family. So what what does life look like previously? When you were in construction, what sort of hours were you working? How hard were you working? How much time did you see your family? And I guess what, how has that changed since you started to build your property business? Uh, I said working six, you know, years ago, working six, seven days a week was fairly typical. Definitely six, sometimes seven, depending on the job, if you had to sort of rush to get it done. Um, so seeing the family back then w- wasn't very often. I, wasn't, I definitely wasn't blocking out time to see them. It was work came first and then I kind of fitted them around. Well, I flip that now. It is I book out time to see my family every day. It's a it's an absolute must. Um, but saying that, I do spend a lot of time outside of work, but also away from the family. So I enjoy my sports. I do a lot of um, sort of competitive sports, sort of triathlons, things like that. But I also spend probably one to in some t- in the near future, probably up to two months away a, a year because I'm part of actually something that's way bigger than than me, which I. I will happily talk about is uh, it's, it's a project called Ice Warrior. Uh, basically, I've been training for quite a few years now to become a polar explorer. And our flagship expedition is to a place mankind has yet to reach. And it's the center of the Arctic Ocean. It's called the Pole of Inaccessibility. And I've been training to go there on a scientific expedition to try and understand why the sea ice is depleting so fast. And I've name dropped because it's it's, I have to. Uh, I, I work alongside people like NASA, the NSIDC. So these are the big names when it comes to climate change. And what I do, me and the team, is we're going to go out there on foot. It's going to take us about 80 days, about 80 miles. We're going to take very basic raw data, bring it back, hand it over to these the, the guys that, that work the magic at, at NASA and the NSIDC and, and the Met Office and all these big names, and they're going to work out why the sea ice is depleting so fast and understand how climate change is affecting the area and, and actually come up with a game plan of what we can do about it. And the only reason I'm able to do that, spend that much amount of time away from, from family and, and work and that, is because of property. Because like Warren Buffett says, you're not going to get wealthy until you figure out how to make money whilst you sleep. And in property, you can definitely do that. I'm glad I did this interview with you now because I'm guessing there's no Wi-Fi out there. Uh, no, but we are going to work alongside a telecoms uh, company right. and get the first live tra- transmission. So hopefully. Oh wow! When 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 do you think? Obviously, this takes a. You're not just going to go there. You've said you've been building up to this to get ready for it for a while. I'm thinking if I started now, I wouldn't be ready for that if I was dead. So how long till you're actually going? What's the, uh, when, when will this be happening? Uh, it's been postponed for the past few years due to funding and COVID and things like that. So we have to get sponsorship. But the plans next time we, we attempt this is February. We have to go this time because it's sea ice. We have to go when it's the most rigid. So we, we leave February, end of February, March time. And um, so the next one is February, March. And then 80 days from then is when we arrive. Well, and how big is the team? Uh, so it's actually split into four legs. Um, each leg is 20 days. And on each leg, there are 17 members. And um, I'm actually very fortunate to be trained by a very famous explorer called Jim McNeil. He's the guy behind, the safety guy behind um, Frozen Planet, Human Planet, the Explorers, um, 
Captain America, all these big production companies will go to gym to, to get their team out safely and bring him back. So he's always been that guy. He's always been that go-to guy. And I'm very fortunate that he trains me and he's going to be in every single league. Uh, and at the moment, I've got enough funding to do one league. So if I can get more sponsorship, then I'll, I'll happily do the whole lot. So for anyone watching this who's, uh, and we're seeing like climate change massively affecting the world right now. And it's anyone who doesn't believe in climate change just needs to start believing in it because it's happening with fires and, and storms and flooding and London tube stations flooded recently. I mean, it's happening all around us. For anyone who's, who wants to support this, who's looking to make a difference, who's looking to, you know, give back, climate change is, is going to be a huge, huge thing. How can you mention sponsorships? How can people reach out? How can they help it with this? How can they um, support it? Literally, Google. We are all over the internet. Uh, IceWarrior.com is, is our main website. Um, if you search my name, Curtis Napton, I'm all over Facebook. Uh, I've got a dedicated Facebook page called Curtis Walks on Thin Ice. Uh, up there, on there, you'll see updates of the team, myself where I'm going to be talking. I do a lot of talks for schools and, and colleges and, and work places, you know, to help um, motivate people and then just educate people as to what we're actually up to. So just Google us, you'll find us. Awesome. So really, really, really powerful thing you're doing there. I can't wait to um, see it happen, especially if you can do some of it live. That would be awesome. So I'll be keeping an eye out for that myself. So um, the first property like viewing in the Arctic. Yeah, yeah, you could actually buy a, um, you could build a house out there while you're there. No, probably not. Um, so property, you mentioned there, the property's allowed you to do this. So it's given yeah. you the time, the freedom to, to do this, um, to spend more time with your family. What would you say to anyone who's sort of listening to this thinking, you know, they've got something like that that they'd like to get involved in, that they'd, that, you know, they've got a, a, a charity or um, you know, a goal or an aspiration or something they want to achieve in their life, or just that they want to be able to spend more time with their family and choose to do what they want to do. Um, whatever walk of life they're in, whatever position they're at, what would you say to anyone who's thinking, can I do property? Can I start in property? Is now the right time? Um, what would you say to them? I would say, I like the analogy I told you earlier, that put your mask on first before you put it on someone else. So I would say if you've got these aspirations to do stuff, that's amazing. But you do need to sort your home life out first. And and I, I learned that, I'd say the hard way, perhaps, um, you know, silver linings and all that. But I, I learned that, you, you know, you need money coming in, even when you may not be able to, to, to earn money if you're trading time for money, for instance. So I would definitely get that sorted out first. And, and I know for me, yourself and plenty of other people on here that property does that. Property allows you to, to, to have a bit of breathing room. Use that time to spend more time with family or do those altruistic, uh, like philanthropic things that you want to do, charity, sports, whatever. Like it just gives you the time to go and do those things in, in, in a way that you can't, you won't do it half assed where you may have to try and do it around work. You can actually laser focus, get some really good stuff done. Awesome, Curtis. So, Curtis, really appreciate you coming on today. I know your time's valuable and you need to get practicing for that Arctic walk, but, um, there's some absolute gold dust in today's interview for people who are listening for audience. So um, I know they're going to absolutely love this and they're going to be reaching out and supporting you on that, that challenge that you've got, because it is something that is really, really powerful what you're doing and going to make a real, real massive difference. So, and um, it's great to see that your, your wife's, you know, recovered, she's got through all of that stuff and you've used it as, as that motivation to 
to to do something different with your life and and live your dreams. So um, I've loved today's interview. Really have. Um, it's really inspiring for me as well as for other people who are listening in. So I just want to say thank you for joining us. And um, yeah, for everyone that's listening in, and you've been listening to another progressive success story. I've been Kevin McDonald. He's been Curtis Napton. And Thanks, guys. I'll see you next. I'll see you next time. Cheers, Curtis. Are you ready for a revolution? Look no further as Progressive Property, Britain's number one property education company, is hosting a Property Revolution Summit. And you're officially invited. Three days of content to help you start and scale your property portfolio. Trained by professionals, you will learn the strategies you need to thrive in property, plus you will meet like-minded people that could lead to endless opportunities. Go to bit.ly forward slash P-R-S-P-N-P-O-D. So that's bit.ly forward slash P-R-S-P-N-P-O-D or click in the link in the descriptions to sign up now. Everybody.